Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Jim Adams from Northwestern Medicine is with us. It is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Were you trying to get Taylor Swift tickets today, Doc? Fortunately, no. I'll leave it to everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have kids? No, no, oh, no, okay. no, no, Taylor Swift fan. Oh, because uh, yeah, if you had if you had girls in there, you know, teens to early thirties, you would be online just like every other parent. Um, thank you for joining us on the Lisa Dent Show. Can you tell us anything about that cancer vaccine that I'm reading about? Well, so we we've learned over this last years that the, harnessing the immune system is turning out to be a powerful way to attack cancer. Our inherent immune system is very powerful, very strong. But when, when a cancer develops, it provides some protection of itself so that, that our immune system isn't quite activated. So this vaccine uh, calls our immune system into action and creates this initial response so that, that it recognizes the threat and is able to puncture the defenses of cancer. So this immune system activates uh, the, the killer cells of the body to attack the, attack the cancer and shown to, be, shown to be effective. This and other ways to harness the immune system is leading to breakthroughs. And, and this is all because of the, the active search for a COVID vaccine? I mean, did some of that come about because of this? So it, uh, it, there's a relationship, but it, it's, it's a bit different. So a lot of this predated uh, the use of immune system triggers to, to attack cancer predated COVID. But then it was called into action to, to uh, create a vaccine for COVID. So, yeah, it's all related, but there's multiple channels for, for harnessing our own in, immune system to attack cancer or other other things that we don't want in our body. It'll be interesting to see if people are more open to this type of vaccine, a cancer vaccine, especially those who have been vaccine hesitant about the COVID vaccine. I think they will. Once you're confronted with these kind of diseases, people are really willing to go for it and uh, that we see. And uh, I think it'll be very well accepted. And there are vaccines out there now that uh, address cancer issues for people in the future. I know my son got the Gardasil uh, vaccine, and and I think that some people are open to it, but, you know, others will sit back and watch as usual. Hey, speaking of kids, doctors are warning that data is showing that there is a suicide threat among kids and that it is swelling. Can you talk about this? Because I think it's something we all worry about, whether we've got teenagers or kids in their 20s or their 30s or people we work with. So we are seeing it uh, in in young ages and especially unusually young ages, seven, eight, nine, where we did not see a lot of suicidal behavior up through the teens into adulthood. We're seeing it across the ages. But so what I would really encourage healthy family dynamics, meals together, social events, activities of kids that were interrupted in these last years. But the normal healthy rhythms of life and social activities of life turn out to turn out to be helpful as the individual children are developing, the social isolation is bad and too much time online is bad. Get away from social media. One of your doctors at Lurie Children's, um, you know, one of your fellow doctors, Dr. Audrey Brewer, said that we would classify it as an epidemic, that it's really a mental health crisis and suicide ideation. Just the thought of wanting to potentially commit suicide and not actually the act of it is certainly on the rise. Is it something we just come out and blatantly ask our kids about if they're thinking about it? 
So it is absolutely uh, have the conversation. If they're not thinking about it, their friends are. And if there is a a suicide, we sometimes even see suicide clusters. So that's all the more reason to have open conversation, healthy conversation, and and healthy activities as well. And I'll say, again, get off, keep the kids off of social media to the best of anybody's ability. Okay. Uh, Blood pressure medicine, the the recall on that, the shortage of amoxicillin, and your questions coming up for Dr. Jim Adams from Northwestern Medicine. He's a chief medical officer there. A couple questions for Dr. Jim Adams. He joins us on the Lisa Dent Show. He is the chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine. And doctor, a lot of them have to do with this cancer vaccine. The headline came out of the National Institute of Health. It says experimental cancer vaccine shows promising results in animal studies. Okay, this is what people want to know. A couple different questions coming in. How is a cancer vaccine different than immunotherapy? Uh, So the cancer vaccine... Um, is meant to stimulate the immune system and penetrate the defenses of the cancer. So it's a very different approach, stimulating the interferon, the initial um, uh, treatment. The immunotherapy takes unique segments of the cancer itself that's different than your own body, and then sent off and a vaccine is made against that segment, and then the, the vaccine is given back to you. So it's, ve- it's, ve- it's a very different targeted approach, a whole different segment, but both using the immune system. We had a child in our life who passed away last year, and, uh, and his parents were struggling because it was $25,000 a month to get immunotherapy, and it seemed to be happening, and then it didn't work. Are we starting to make strides in that connection with cancer and how to treat cancer with that? Yeah, in the in the scheme of things, the immunotherapy is still very new, but every day there are strides being made. This is a very exciting time in cancer treatment. Advances are made. Each cancer is different. Each person is different, and so but those differences are being um, identified and opportunities identified. A very exciting time in cancer. We're all frustrated. We wish it would happen faster, but it's moving. Uh, another asked, if is this cancer vaccine, well, it's new, can it be used for someone who is already diagnosed with cancer? Yes, but now this cancer vaccine is a couple years away, so it has to get through all the human trials, but the, the National Institutes of Health and others are excited about it. But yes, it would be used in people who already have cancer, yes. Another just said, hey, I volunteered for seven hours at a local food bank on Friday. Sunday evening, throat pain presented. Monday evening, I did a COVID test. It's negative. I want to get the next COVID-19 vax. Do I need to wait or can I do it even though I may have something that may or may not be COVID-19? If you're sick, if you have a fever or or really have something you identify as as an illness, just wait. You'll get over that in a couple of days or a week probably. And get it while you're healthy because we all know that it can make you feel a little bit bad. I, I would wait. It's not dangerous, but I would wait until you're feeling a little bit better. Okay, good. Alice has been waiting on the phone. Alice, you're on with Dr. Jim Adams. What's your question for him? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, so my first vaccine I took was the Pfizer, and I had a allergic reaction, mild, but my throat kind of was swelling, but went away um, after about 15 minutes. Um, since then, I've had two Johnson & Johnsons. I work in healthcare, and I'm at risk. I'm wondering which booster I should get. I heard about the Novavax. Um, I was wondering about your thoughts. Yeah, so I think that... Um 
I would check into the, the Moderna and see if they'd be willing to give that to you based on the type of reaction you had. Um, but the Johnson & Johnson boosters, uh, uh, I think, would be would be fine. But what we're seeing is some of these other, ava- the availability of these other vaccines is going away as Pfizer and Moderna are proving to be very effective. So you may just want to switch. It, it, it probably wasn't the vaccine itself. It was probably the medium in which it was given. So if you switch to a different vaccine, you're probably fine. Uh, doctor, what's up with the amoxicillin shortage? What is going on? Because some parents are saying, you know, their kids are being prescribed it, but they've got to go from pharmacy to pharmacy to pharmacy to find it. Well, it is frustrating. So we all know that Boy, there's an explosion of respiratory viruses, especially in children, and in fact, a lot of children being hospitalized. So a lot of children are being prescribed antibiotics, many of them necessary because the, the children have secondary, get the virus and then get another bacterial infection. And so this is causing a shortage of amoxicillin. But the, the amoxicillin does not treat the virus. And so if a person has the sore throat and runny nose and even fever, amoxicillin is not beneficial. But for those who do have bacterial infections, they do need amoxicillin, and they're finding it in short supply because so many people are being prescribed it. So those viruses, you know, like RSV, is leading to secondary infections, and that's what they use amoxicillin to treat? Yeah, so that's when it's appropriate to treat. But what um, I would caution against is if it's a virus, many, many times people end up with an amoxicillin prescription in hand, it's both unnecessary and difficult to find. So really check with the person prescribing it. Just ask, would you take it and is it really needed or are you just covering the base that's maybe not necessary? Yeah. What about the blood pressure medicine? Some of that has been recalled. There's been multiple medicine recalls. And so it's worth Googling. This one is Arabindo and they, they're prescribed, they, they make Quinapril, a very common hydrochlorothiazide, also, and they're they're being recalled because they have um, they have a contaminant in it, nitrosamine, that's taken over years. If you take this for years and years, as we take our blood pressure medicine, these nitrosamines are associated with increased cancer. But again continue on your blood pressure medicine because no problem happens quickly that, like this. But you want to get off of it and get transitioned to a different medicine. So if you're on a hydrochlorothiazide or quinapril from this manufacturer, Arabindo, just, just get it changed. You can Google it and see if it's necessary. But continue on it, continue on it until your, your doctor changes it. Yeah, and we're continuing with Dr. Jim Adams. Uh, another thing I wanted to tap into with you is there's been some articles out that say getting COVID multiple times is risky for your health, meaning that you could have health issues down the road that might not be COVID-related, but maybe brought on by COVID. I don't know. What's your take yes, on this? Yeah, so they, a very good study look over a large database of, of people, and the ones who had COVID two, three, four times had had a, a higher death rate and more hospitalizations. And the thinking is that multiple episodes of COVID, even if it didn't seem in, severe initially, causes some damage to, to lungs, to heart, to brain, that in the second one and the third one creates a lot of little damage that adds up and leads to complications. So they're saying multiple episodes of COVID really has a cumulative problem, and these people have higher risk of hospitalization and even even some excess death. Dr. Jim Adams, thank you for joining us on the Lisa Dent Show. It's my pleasure. Bye-bye.